emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, transforming the way people think and work so that organisations can thrive. I'm Matthew Burgess, author of over a dozen books, founder of model professional service firms and fellow of the Dress SAGE Institute. Well, on today's show, everyone, we are counting down for episode 300 and it, we are thrilled to be interviewing actual stars of the shows and the hosts, Mr. Ron Baker and Mr. Ed Kless. Before we get started, I want to introduce uh, Ron and Ed for those that haven't been listening to the previous 299 shows. They are the co-hosts of the podcast, The Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, and their combined list of accomplishments, frankly, well, it's just too long to read out, so I'm not going to. In shorthand, they're living legends, although Ron's been testing that for us <laughs> lately over the last little while. Ron and Ed, welcome to your own show and uh, <laughs> before we get started we we need to do test that like Ron you, you what you've had a week you've had a month off uh, next time you want to take a month off maybe just ask rather than yeah. putting yourself in a serious <laughs> I know I didn't have the PTO banked what's the story what are the, are the rumors true I'm not going to repeat any of the rumors but are the rumors true what, what's been going on it, it wasn't COVID, so that rumor okay. was definitely not true I did miss uh, four live shows and of course we had a replay of the 4th of July holiday. So I feel like I've been gone yes. eternity. But I noticed, Matthew, that the ratings have gone through the roof. <laughs> no, right. I think this no, is Ed's right. way of giving you a tryout. And I'm not sure if this is a harbinger of the future or something, but I could be on my way out. Um, but bottom line is I had a bad case uh, of pancreatitis. And no, it wasn't um, chronic pancreatitis, which the most common cause of that is alcoholism. It was acute. <laughs> it was acute pancreatitis, and the most common cause of that is gallstones. My gallbladder was like a Pez dispenser; it threw something like fifteen gallstones in out, out. and um, so I had to get that taken care of, and then. A second procedure to have my gallbladder removed which has been done so kind of recovering from that and the surgeon told me it's going to take twice as long as normal because your case was so severe but i feel really good so i'm just absolutely thrilled to be back well it is so good to have you back ron and i, I we, we did we write down in big letters do not mention the ratings went up but you, yeah. you <laughs> called it out you called it out anyway so we won't talk about it and, uh, i think greg and ed have been conspiring so you know <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so good to have back. Now, Ed, we'll jump to you straight away. We, let's go back a little bit, not assuming everyone's listened to every show. Where, where did this all actually come from? Like, what's, what was the catalyst for even thinking about having a podcast and, and share a little bit of the journey of, of how this all came to be a reality and how you got up to 300? Oh, okay. Well, let's separate that out. Well, what the first, the origin of the show, and Ron, you'll, you'll, you'll correct me if you're, you remember the story differently, but 
you connected with the folks at, at Voice America through LinkedIn. I believe they got your name because you were one of the original LinkedIn influencers when, when actually being a LinkedIn influencer meant something. Something, yes. True. <laughs> it was back in the good old days. Back in the good old days? They uh, did contact I, me. And Ed, they contacted me, and you'll remember this. I was in Washington, D.C., and you and me and Tom Hood were doing an April Fool show on why it was critical for professional firms to have timesheets. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that was a sense. great, that was great it, fun. It was. <laughs> and it was after that show that our executive producer, Robert Cellino called me, or maybe he left me an email and I called him and we started chatting about this. And when he asked me if I'd love to do it, if I'd like to do a radio show, I of course got all excited and cause I've got, I've had the radio bug since I was a kid and my first, one of my first questions to him was, would you mind, what, what do you think about a co-host? What do you think about two people doing it? And he said, well, we're, we're open to that. And of course I thought of you. So and I'm, and I'm glad I did because I think doing this on your own would be a real challenge. Yeah, it is for five freaking weeks. Uh, it's I a know. real challenge. I know. Let me tell you. At least you had guests. At least you had guests. It, I, it is I true. It is true. We had dude that I had guests, and I got to tell you, we, you will be docked PTO. By the way, just yep. so we're I'm sure clear. I will. So <laughs> I, I owe you four, I think, <laughs> or three. But uh, so so yeah. So he, Ron Ron got connected to Robert. We put the show together. I, we had a couple of meetings to try to plan out the first 13 shows, which is the, what, what we, our com original commitment was. Then we went to Sage with it from a sponsorship standpoint. And I want to, you know, just go on the record right now of thanking Sage for being a sponsor of every single 299 plus now 300 episodes that we've done. And curiously, the real interesting piece of this is the person who now does our social media, who is Greg Tirico, who's on the line with us right now. Um, Greg was the person who had the no, knew the person who had the funding, who had the money at Sage. So uh, it was all, all, all connected. Wow. Um, and was it, a, was it a straight yes, Ed, from your perspective? Or what, what I mean, what, what was it in your mind to, to actually commit to it? And, and did you see it going much past those 13 episodes when you initially signed up? I don't know how long we saw. We, so we certainly wanted more than 13, right? We wanted more than just the initial tryout. I would, I would have thought, you know, if we do this for a, two years or so, that would probably be the max that we would be able to, to get this to work. But, oh, wow. uh, you know, now we're, you know, ro rolling into the, si the sixth year. We're five years in, and this is the sixth year of the show. So we're, we're uh, how we got to 300, um, a, a, a lot of work, a lot of reading, a lot of begging of people to come on the show. Um, and, hey, why don't you call so-and-so? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you call so-and-so and see if they'll, they'll come on? Oh, yeah, they, they will. Um, and we've had some help. We have some help with that. Another Sage colleague of mine who's no longer with Sage, Thomas uh, Casey, was was instrumental. I don't know, somewhere around two years ago, he really started helping line up a, a ton of the guests that that really, I think, sent us more into the stratosphere, uh, with especially with regard to to economics and that kind of thing. So, it's it's definitely been a team effort, and certainly more than just Ron and I. And Ron, on that. It is extraordinary the, the guests that you managed to secure. Is there is there more science behind it than what Ed's giving us here? Or, I mean, what's the, what's the pitch? How do you actually convince these people to to commit? Wow! In the in the early days, it was something personal. You know, I read your book. Like okay. our first guest was Deirdre McCloskey, and I had written uh, 
a review of one of her books on Amazon. And so I was able to point to that and I was able to tell her that I, you know, you taught me price theory and here's the books I've read from you. And, and she just agreed how we landed Thomas soul a few months later. I don't know. We got, we got, I got to the PR, I got to his PR agent and then we got our executive producer involved. We ended up landing him. And for me, that was the most memorable because he just doesn't do a lot of interviews. He just turned 90 and getting him was just such a coup. Once we had a few names we could drop, then it became easier. Then we could, when we contacted an author or an economist or whoever it was, we could say, oh, and we've had the following guests on before. And, you know, some of them were pretty big names and people like, well, wow, can't, that's hard to ignore. So that, that really worked early on in our favor. And Ed, jumping back to you for a moment, I, you know, not everyone knows the the, story, the backstory for both you and Ron before the Solar Enterprise. Probably a lot of that's in the public domain, and so just jump on LinkedIn if you need to. But what were the, some of the things pre the Solar Enterprise that you, you've had, you know, extraordinary careers today? Can can we can you share some of the backstory for people about, you know, particularly mentors and thinkers that had a profound effect? On, on your thinking leading up to what you now share in the solid enterprise. Oh, um, sh- sure. And, and, and one, certainly my co-host Ron Baker has been a huge influence on, on me, uh, but be, going back before that, the guest that we had last week, Howard Hansen is, yes. is probably one of the, the larger influences on me. I think I mentioned during the show that, that I still speak to Howard on a, on a weekly basis. It's in fact, it's a Friday morning thing and the soul of enterprise is Friday afternoon. So my Fridays are always great days for me because I get Howard in the morning and Ron in the afternoon. So that is terrific. But uh, just in, in terms of other folks, an, another huge influence on me that I'll just mention, uh, you know, people that I personally interacted with, not authors, because I could, I could probably rip off, uh, you know, a, a litany of people that I've read, but is, uh, is Doug Burgum, who is now the, the governor of, of North Dakota, uh, who was at the time the CEO of a company called Great Plains Software, and just a really huge influence on my career on understanding what it really took to build culture in an organization and and commitment to that culture and then even strategic thinking and thinking outside of the proverbial box i mean doug doug put together an amazing organization including when when they went public in this is i think 1996 this is great plain software going public he insisted that piper jaffrey who was the the organization that 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 brought them um uh, brought them public he insisted that they figure out a way to offer their partner organization friends of the firm pricing for the stock and as as far as i know this is the first time that this has had ever ever happened that it that that people who were not either directly related or employees of the organization were able to pay in an initial public offering so he that's the kind of thinker that he he was and it was that level of commitment that uh, just makes him an extraordinary person. So that would be another person who had a huge influence on me. And Ron, you've had the benefit of hearing hearing some of Ed's story. There are there some mentals or name drops that immediately come to mind for you? Yeah, big, the the biggest one. I mean, the person that I owe my almost entire outlook on life, uh, or at least economic life, economy in mind, the soul of enterprise, even the very name. 
uh, is George Gilder, who's been on yeah. the show three times. So being able to have him on, and I have interacted and had met him long before the show, but being able to continue discussions with him, especially about his, his books, and um, that's just been a huge thrill. And then, of course, the other three most impactful mentors to me, and these would be authors, some I had met, some I had never met, but they've all been on the show. These three are more responsible for my pricing career than anybody, and that is Deirdre McClowski, Stephen Landsberg, and David Friedman. Those three individuals gave me a career basically by asking, why is movie theater popcorn so expensive? And I, uh, that, that, that launched my career, my first book, everything. So I owe them a lot. Well, Ron, you, I think you do say this every week, and I now know firsthand why it's true. This is absolutely flying by. We are already up against our first break. Uh, we want to uh, remind everyone a couple of things. Firstly, I know there's going to be a lot of bowling fanatics, 10-pin bowling fanatics dialing in today because, of course, 300 is the perfect score in 10-pin bowling. For, so for all of you, stay on. We, we may have other parts about 10-pin bowling as we go through the rest of the program. Uh, but otherwise, please uh, remember, you can get hold of Ron or Ed by simply sending them an email to ask TF. S-O-E at verisage.com. And of course, their website, The Soul of Enterprise, where you can see the show notes, reviews to the upcoming shows, previews, archive of all, not 300, but all 299 of the previous shows already done. Right now, a word from our sponsors. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah 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 Whatever, and four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everyone. We are with Ron and Ed. 
guest stars of their actual own show. And my name is Matthew Burgess. We are going to jump straight into some more questions here. Ronna, I actually had one question that was then informed by some things that I've heard you say recently. Let, let me ask the first question first. You, I, I don't know anyone, and I challenge anyone listening to today's show that reads as much as you, other than maybe Ed Kless. Um, what are some of the books that you have read at least two times, if not three times? What, what are the ones that you just keep going back to and, and reinvesting in? Wow. Uh, what a great question. Uh, George Gilder. Um, I've read multiple times. Uh, uh, it's hard to read business books over unless they're really good, like The Experience Economy. I've read multiple times, partly because they've come out in new editions. Um, and it's, it's continuously updated. Um, I know like Ed's read Peter Block in, in every edition. So he's, he's, you know, he's read a lot of his work. Um, I read some Thomas Sowell books repeatedly because he's just so profound and impactful. Um, there's another book that I absolutely love. The, um, uh, I think it's called the importance of living by, uh, Lin Yu Tang is a Chinese philosopher who I just love. And uh, I've read that book a few times. Um, but that, that's the only thing that comes off the top of my head. I have to really think about that. It's a good well, question. Awesome, awesome answer. And it, uh, Ed, uh, calling out Greg Kyde, you are not allowed to say Ron Baker books. But same question <laughs> to you. <laughs> Which ones have you won multiple times? Yeah, well, Ron sort of answered the question for me. P Peter Block, for sure, because, and again, for similar reasons, the Flawless Consulting has been out in three different editions, but I often go back to every single edition of Flawless Consulting for different reasons. His book, The Answer to How Is Yes, has been extraordinarily influential on, on my career, and I keep going back to that. I would have to say that there are snippets of books that I read more than once and go back to, and I would would include some da some of David Maester's work in there as yeah, well. Awesome, yes. So I'll, I will I will go back to that, and then as far as a, a fiction is, can I I read, and we've done a show on this. I, I read A Christmas Carol every year, either to my to myself or out loud to to my family every year so that's a, a book that i returned to. i loved i love dickens so yeah that's a good well, one that is beautiful and oh, well, i want to leave that in there's another point i want to raise there but just back to the actual show but uh, you've both said i think and, and you've almost referenced it in the answers here on the business books uh, I, I perceive that both of you being less and less interested in business books Rightly or wrongly, they buy words on. But what's the future for that genre? Like, where is that going? If you know, if people like you are sort of saying, you know, what we're not getting as much out of this. Uh, I, you know, I, I think there'll always be a market for it because people love easy answers. They love checklists. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I just, I think it. You have to kind of come to your own conclusion, and maybe that's maturity or just age or just realizing that most of these don't have any shelf life whatsoever. Um, but I, I always think there'll be a market for them. Yeah. Okay. Ed, you got a view there? I, I'd have to, to, to look be when the last real business book that I read was, I mean, I read nonfiction, well, but yeah. I'm going to make a distinction between business and nonfiction. I th and I think the only business books that have, have physically come into my house in the last 
probably two or three years are those that people have sent me that want me to read or whatever, you know, they just <laughs> like, I, I have a pile over here, just stuff. So, you know, I'm reading a lot more nonfiction in, in, in the very recent past. I just went back and I've been, been reading a little bit more poetry, mostly inspired by another great influence on my career who we've had on the show, Russ Roberts. And when his father passed away a couple of months ago, he did great series of posts on poems of my father and that has inspired me to to go back and read some of the of the works that he mentioned so um been been really interesting to do that too and and just one more thought on that matthew i think um you know we we do a show every year our best or our favorite business books or whatever books that we read and there might be one or two in there that are actual business books but what i think uh what i've I think we've learned this from one another. Maybe we just feed on one another, but we'll read a book. And even if it has nothing to do with business, we'll, we'll apply it to business. Yeah. I'm thinking things like bad medicine and, and, you know, some of the other things we've done, Ed, that we've turned into show topics. We, no matter what we read, we can get business lessons out of it. It's not a direct business book. Well, Ron, if you, we stay with you for a moment. Where does that, bring that back to the actual show. I mean, you, you've had some extraordinary de- guests, but you've had some extraordinary guests that have appeared multiple times. So where does the, like, where, where does the maths land and all of that? Like what, actually, yeah, at a general sense, what's the sort of split between guest shows and, and self-run shows? And then can you just walk us through a bit of your thinking between the, the posts there of, of the multiple guests and the ones that you've doubled down and invested in multiple times? Yeah, we, we we never really, I mean, we knew we were going to have guests, but we never set any type of numerical target for it. We never said we want the shows to be half and half. Ed and I were pretty confident starting this thing that we had enough content where we could just do the show with each other. But I think the guest just came out of, we read this person's book or we knew of this author and we would just, it would be great to have them on. And because we had some early success in that, that just kind of fed on itself. And from my count, I think we've had 107 guests on out of the 300 shows. So a little bit over a third. And some of those guests, a good chunk of them have been on at least two times. And a good many of them have been on three times. People like George Gilder, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, Father Sirico, um, our Verisage colleague, Reginald Lee, and Doug Sleater, Chris Elroy Strickland, Dr. Paul Thomas, those are all three-time guests. And, you know, we just we just discovered Dr. Paul Thomas. So he's been on, I think, Ed, three times this year. If I'm not yeah, we discovered him like the Beatles. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Beatles. I just think that the, 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 the multiple guest thing, too, is, is just clearly it's folks that we we like to talk to and and have who are themselves extraordinarily well read i mean we've had deirdre mccloskey on twice but we could have deirdre mccloskey on every week (laughs) and there would be new stuff to talk about with deirdre mccloskey i couldn't yeah i I couldn't keep up with her i mean uh, you look at any of her books the 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 bibliography is is 70 pages in some cases it's ridiculously just insane yeah, and, and just picking up on that, I mean, where are you seeing at the moment the, the best places, the adjacent spaces in terms of stealing from other thinkers and other industries for, particularly for the professional service firms? I mean, we, we know we're doubling down in subscription, but what, what are the industries that you're 
saying come top top of mind for particularly for professional service firms? That's a that's an awesome question because I think the answer is it's ubiquitous. I mean, I, I, I one of the things that I have is a running list of of subscription based stuff, and people send it to me now, which is great. I think uh, Greg Greg sent me you know that you can subscribe to diapers. I mean, the, 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 so it's it's <laughs> and firewood, firewood and they're, yeah. they're, they're over and over again. There's just all all of these great ideas, and one of the the classes that Ron and I have taught. We, we talk about, I, I think it's uh, uh, the seven different subscription models. That's, that's from the, the, the automatic customer, John. Warlow. 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 Yep. Don Warlow. And, you know, he goes through the seven different models. I think there are way more than seven now. Yeah. And, and, and it, but at the same time, professional firms can adopt different insights from absolutely every single one of them if they're really thinking. And, and I think that that, so it's a, that's really why this is such a fun time and this topic of subscription that keeps coming up over and over again and one why Ron and I are so excited about it is, is because it is, it, the, the, it, it is unbelievable how wide the, 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 the net is cast around this topic. Yeah. yeah. And just to follow up on that, Matthew, I'd say that, you know, we obviously always, I always talk about the Porsche drive uh, subscription yeah. program that, you know, 80% yeah. of the people that signed up are new to the brand and that's just that's a direct relationship with the car company rather than having a transaction tied to the car itself it's kind of like a forever transaction it's a relationship but the one model that really intrigues me at least to borrow for professional services is the concierge doctors or even the direct primary care like dr paul thomas i think that model has got enormous legs as, as we've discussed for accounting firms and law, law firms and, and even advertising agencies Ron, that actually, uh, I hate to quote, quote you back, but um, that actually leads really nicely into one of the ones that sort of came up in my thinking and, and research for today. So you quote, I can't remember which book, but you quote Martin Duber, uh, rabbi from the first century, as saying, the good Lord so created man that everyone can make every conceivable mistake on their own. Do not ever try to learn from other people's mistakes. How does that sit with this idea of looking across industries? Where, where, what's the link there between those two concepts? Yeah. You know, there's one of my favorite lines is success leaves clues. And, and it was Peter Drucker who really wrapped my head around this because if you ask the normal person, you know, do you learn more from success or failure? People are just knee jerk going to say failure. I mean, and I'm not saying that failure is not a great learning experience, but Peter Drucker said, no, no, I, I learned far more from success. I mean, there's a million ways to do something wrong. There's usually only one way or maybe a few ways to do it right. And I rather emulate and learn from success. And that has always stuck with me. And that's why I think when we look out there, especially in today's world with COVID and all the lockdowns, that the most resilient companies out there right now are subscription-based businesses. And that's just empirical evidence that's impossible to argue with. Yeah, awesome answer, Ron. Um, We've got to, I've got to do a quick call out here to all the paintball uh, fanatics because uh, they will be watching, they'll be listening and watching today's episode because 300 uh, feet per second is the maximum speed that you can shoot a paintball uh, in, in that environment. So uh, we may, just like the 10 pin bowling, stay tuned. We may have more uh, aspects of paintball as we come up. In the meantime, uh, folks, we are up against the next break. You can please make sure you send your emails to Ron and Ed at Ask. 
tlsc.com.au. Otherwise, uh, check out the full show notes of today's interview. I don't know. Hey, um, we'll have to ask the guys in the break how they're going to do the show notes on their own show. Uh, but you can otherwise buy any of their books on the website. And also, please, please, please make sure that you are rating this podcast at ratethispodcast.com forward slash TSOE. Um, it, if you need any tips on that, shoot me a note. The answer is five star if you're looking for any tips on that. And otherwise, um, keep Greg happy as well at, at the Ask TLSE Twitter handle. But now, a word from the sponsors. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And welcome back, Matthew Burgess, as the lucky guest host of the Soul of Enterprise today. We are talking to the actual stars of the show, Ron and Ed, of their own podcast, The Soul of Enterprise. Ron, we were chatting, uh, we were calling out the Patreon listeners. I'll get to hear a little bit of the chat in the background. We were just chatting uh, in the break about looking at the guests that you've had through a slightly different lens, and particularly through this idea of, you know, who, who have been the most powerful or forceful or impactful from a change perspective. Well, give, give us a bit of an insight there. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously for, you know, Peter Block for Ed probably, and me being able to talk to Dr. Soul or George Gilder, I don't want to take any way, anything away from that, them. They were, they're incredibly impactful. They've written many books and changed a lot of minds, but just in terms of and, and maybe it was because they were relatively new discoveries, but things that, that just really deeply influenced me about how change is possible in a society. I'd have to say Dr. Azra Raza, the author of The First Cell, I, she just blew my mind. Her book is just incredibly powerful. I think she's one of the most forceful. She's like a, an iron hand in a velvet glove. I mean, she's brilliant. She's genius. She's a sweetheart. 
but her message is just so powerful how we're not taking the right approach to cancer cancer another another uh guest that really blew my mind just how powerful she was and willing to fight even her own country's leadership was Magat Wade, an entrepreneur out of uh, what was country Ed? Um, uh, I believe Ghana, I believe. Is it Ghana? Yeah. You bought her, you bought her uh, lip mm -hmm. uh, gloss, right? Or whatever. Senegal, Senegal. Oh, Senegal. Thank you. Senegal. Thank you. Magat Wade. And another one. And, and it dawned on me that after I looked at the list, I said, these are, these are three, these are three women. So I'm not, I'm not trying to do a quota system here, but Mary, Ru, Mary Ru, uh, Ruhart or Ruhart, oh, yeah. um, who wrote death by regulation. She was a drug, um, you know, chemist at a, at a big pharmaceutical company. Uh, and, and I just think those three women's message is just incredibly power, powerful. The other two that are really impactful just because they're incredible entrepreneurs and they are changing their profession, just like we try and change our professions within Verisage, um, that would be Dr. Keith Smith of the Oklahoma Surgery Center and Dr. Paul um, Thomas uh, from Plum Health, direct primary care. Yeah, well, and then some of those episodes, Ron, I challenge anyone to listen to them without uh, without a, a box of tissues next to them. Just such I, I, think doctor, I think Dr. Azra Raza was the only show where... <laughs> brought everybody to tears yeah oh, yeah and uh no pressure ed because there's an advantage in answering the question first in that one because <laughs> are there any others you, you can name check any of those but oh my I, I don't think anything anything near as powerful as as what Ron was talking about. Although I, I will say that the, the maybe the first time that we had on both Doctor uh, I mean um, Rabbi Lappin and 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 Father Sirico um, had the most impact, mostly because in one sense they they are the the spiritual godfathers of the show. I mean, the, the, the yeah, concept, yeah. the concept is the soul of enterprise and that business has a spiritual, not necessarily religious component. And although both of those, those men are, are religious, they certainly have a, a, a lend a spirituality to, to business and to, to our thought process that uh, is greatly influential. And I think continues to needed to be heard not just within our community, but, but out, outside as well. So again, looking, looking back on it, I think they were, they were pretty impactful on, on me as well. Yeah. Well, let's stay with you on that. Cause it actually leads quite nicely into a question I wanted to ask is that yeah, you able to, to draw together some threads on, on what you see as the traits for being successful in business? Like what are, what are the key underlying traits regardless of the business model? subscription or otherwise what you know are you able to give us a little bit of a sense as your vision the ed class vision as to, to what it takes to make it yeah sure i mean and, and it's and it's something that i've i've been thinking for a number of years based on on simon sinek and start with why and and that is yes. my why is that i i believe that entrepreneurs continue the work of creation and uh, and and i and i believe that that um that money is that just the medium of exchange and it's it's the it's the thing in our uh, that allows us to know what whether we're doing good in the world. I mean, people give us money not not they give us money because we've done something for them as a benefit to them. And you know, this goes back to the Gilder thinking is that profit is an index of altruism. How 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 outwardly thinking are you? And I, th I think if that's a if, if there's an underlying theme of this show, it's that 
that businesses need to continuously look on the outside, not the inside. And this is just something that I think Ron Ron and I have inherently come together on is, and if you, you see it in almost all of the things that we talk about, there's an echo of it. So in the effing debate, the efficiency effectiveness, right? Efficiency looks inside, effectiveness looks outside. Uh, if, if, if you look at strategy, we talk about, you know, if you're, if you're building strategy in an organization, when the, the standard strategic plan first talks about revenue and then how are we going to achieve that what revenue? And Ron and I say, no, that's not right. What the first, first, first question in a strategic plan is how do you create value in the future for some future set of customers? It's forward looking. It's outside the organization, not inside. And this goes, again, Gilders has a quote, I think, Ron, it's in Wealth and Poverty, is that the problem is that somewhere along the line in standard economics, they took this message and turned it inside out. And what you and I have been trying to do for a long time is turn it right back side where it's supposed to be, the other right. way, right. the other way. Right. Like, like Rory Southern says, I'm not an advocate of free markets because they're efficient. I'm an advocate of free markets because they do really cool things. <laughs> Just a better way of saying effective. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, think she, well, I wasn't going to raise this from, but it, it does remind me of, I think, all my, one of my favorite episodes, which probably calls it out. Was it, was it your, your communist humor uh, show back in? <laughs> that, that has to be the weirdest show. Uh, it, it, oh, I, I won't ask how you ever came up with it as an idea, but it did. I think there was one that you missed, which was the, did you hear about the Sahara Deris, the, the Sahara De- Desert? They embraced communism and they, they ended up having basically nothing for 10 years and then they ran out of, started running out of sand. Just on that communist humor, and I don't, I, I think I, the weirdest shows for me. Maybe Ed has a different answer, but the weirdest shows for me, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I proposed these, but Ed and I talk so much, who knows? We, um, I said, we, we need to do a show on communist humor, and we ended up doing that. Um, but the other weirdest show that I thought was really just walking out on a limb and going, oh, who's going to listen to this, was Famous Last Words. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, what people said on their deathbed. <laughs> and, and, and that was it, but it was entertaining as all get out. It was fun to do. Both it was fun to do. Were, were really fun, but I have no idea. They they didn't. Uh, I don't think they uh, were ratings busters. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, uh, Ron, actually, that uh, we we had to get there. We we've got a thing in in Australia, might be in the US as well, called the Premiership Quarter, which is the the back end of the third quarter. And I think we're we're sort of there already. Time's flying by. What I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you rapid fire questions, Ron, then Ed. Uh, you must answer in no more than a sentence. Um, good luck, Greg, <laughs> with the oh Twitter boy. tweets here. Um, and we, we are going to really drill down on this. Uh, and the first one uh, can be what's going to be on your gravestone. I'll, I'll give you a little time to think about it because mine will be, um, I'd like to be spread all over New York City. Just remember to cremate me first. So, uh, Ron, gravestone, go for it. No more than one sentence. Uh... Here lies Ron Baker, who buried the billable hour in the timesheet in the professions. Beautiful, Ed. Uh, here, here lies Ed. He lived his dash. Uh, funniest show, Ron. Funniest show. Uh, wow. Uh, don't usually think. I, I would say communist humor is up there. We laughed yeah. a lot through that. <laughs> Ed, Ed, not necessarily funniest, but a, a funny show. One that jumps, jumps into mind. Oh, and it will at the shows with Rory Sutherland. The, ah. 
Yeah. If, if, if he, you just can't. He, yeah. he just makes, he is hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, true. Well, and then the related one, a disastrous showrun. Uh, well, I, uh, probably the one we did on Antitrust. That was probably also the most boring show. The only thing that saved that show <laughs> was that we did a section or two on price signaling, which is not talked about much at all. And I think, boy, but talking about antitrust, talk about really something stupid that we should have never done. That would have, that was it. <laughs> and, and it, um, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, cause I'm sure he's not going to listen, but the, 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 the Stossel interview, uh, John Stossel is a great, wonderful person and has done in, in, incredible things with his stuff, but he was hard to interview. He was, uh, unfortunately, I think he was under deadline and he was distracted and he gave relatively short terse answers. And usually Ron and I prepare questions and we don't get through a half of them, sometimes even a quarter of them. And certainly with Rory Sutherland, you get four questions and one for each. But, but with Stossel, I think I, I, we, we were stretching it out. I think, I think I had to go into the overtime bag to, 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 <laughs> to get to the, the, the question because he, he was kind, but he was just get very short, succinct answers. It was, that was much like Tyler Cowan as well. Very short. And boy, was I struggling to come up with more questions because, wow. <laughs> Give us a, a significant learning. What's a significant learning from the show that just comes straight to mind? Oh, significant learning from the show overall. Um, yeah. The, 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 that preparation is an art. Not a skill. Beautiful. Ron. Yeah, I, I, I would say the preparation, uh, if, if it's a guest, is an author, read the book. We got to read the book. And Ed and I are really good about that. And we've also learned that they really appreciate that. Um, when you've actually read their book, they, they usually comment on that. And it's also really satisfying when they comment on the opening uh, Ronald Reagan speech. And only a few guests have done that. But when they do, okay. you, you know, they, they got the theme. We're hard up against, we've got less than a minute left. Uh, Ed, then Ron, a significant learning. Oh, sorry, no, just ask that. What, what, what you've changed your mind on? What you've changed your mind on because of the show? Because of the show? Oh, maybe we should go to break and come back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good answer, Ron. <laughs> Uh, you got 30 seconds or we go to break? You're well, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Dr. Azra Raza. She's completely changed my mind that yeah, wow. the way we approach the battle with cancer is it, rather than going after the, the last cell, we need to go after the first cell. Beautiful. Well, uh, Ron and Ed, in, in addition to the 10 pin bowlers and the paintball enthusiasts, we've also got people like Ed that just love maths. Today's episode is episode 300, everyone. It's a tri triangular number. It's a sum of two uh, twin primes being episode 149 and episode 151. Go back and look at those ones if you've not read them and listened to them already. Uh, otherwise, we're with Ron and Ed. You're listening to the Soul of Enterprise. You can get access to solid gold content by becoming a Patreon subscriber. Do yourself a favour. Go and do that. It's commercial free. There is no Greg Kite. Uh, there is bonus episodes and there is more to hear even after today's show. Otherwise, right now, part of the reason this show even exists, a word from the sponsor, the main sponsor and Ed's employer, Sage. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing Hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We're tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to The Soul of Enterprise with the stars of the show's guest hosts, Ed. Well, I'm the guest host. Hang on a sec. <laughs> we are with the actual hosts, Ron and Ned. Uh, Ron, we were talking in the break and we're, we're back uh, just picking up on a little bit of theme from the last quarter. Let's just unbundle a few more of these ideas about some of the shows and, and maybe uh, controversially starting with your least favourite topic. Maybe uh, don't, don't maybe call out a person necessarily, but, but <laughs> least favourite topic to have been explored. Oh, no, I'll get two birds with one stone with this one. Anything Ed does on project management. <laughs> I'm just over here sleeping. It, it, I mean, it's great because I don't have to do anything except ask him a few questions and he just goes on and on. And <laughs> wind him up. Just you wind him up. up. Yep. <laughs> so. Well, Ed, you've got to have the right to reply, although maybe we should call out that we, we don't have a sport spare 14 hours, so we can't actually explore the effing debate uh, with Ron today. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I think probably the most boring one that, that we did was way back, I think it was show 44. I think we, I don't, and this was my topic because I thought it would be good and it just was not public choice. We talked about public choice. Okay. Right? Yes, I remember yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, Ron, Ron's not even, oh, it's no, bad no, memories. No. Well, the only thing that saved that, Ed, was the whole bootlegger Baptist. Yeah. You, you yeah, know, that, but... that, that's got redeeming value to it. <laughs> but yeah, that's, a, t- that's well, a tough topic to do. Well, let, let's go to the other end of the spectrum then. What, what's your most satisfying or most thrilling or just ones that come to mind? doesn't have to be absolute most, but just ones that come to mind in the, the thrilling and satisfying categories. Ron, well, most... For me, most satisfying, and I just mean this on a personal level, is Adam Davidson, who was uh, one of the early um, founders of the uh, NPR Planet Money uh, podcast. 
uh, great, terrific guy. I've, I've met him a couple of times, had lots of opportunities to chat with him. We disagree on everything. And then we had him on show 291 back in May of this year and he, on his book, The Passion Economy. And after that show, he tweeted, I think of Ron as perhaps my most unlikely intellectual influence. I disagree with wow. everything politically, but his ideas about business are brilliant. And I stole them so shamelessly that I think of them as my own. And he said that on the show too. Um, and I just found that incredible that here's two guys that are on the polar opposite sides of the political aisle. And yet they came together. And, and that's true with a lot of people in Verisage too. And, and that's really gratifying. Awesome. And so Ed, how about for you? Uh, I'm going to go with just like kind of the most interesting show. And, and I think we talked about it briefly during the break, but, but um, we, we did the show on, on a book called screw genomics, which is why you shouldn't buy Great show. presents. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think, I think we originally released that show on, on uh, the, 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 the Friday after Thanksgiving here in the U S uh, which is you know Black Friday, <clears throat> and uh, it's it, but it, it's a it's a fun book is a fun read, and the show was just really fun to do because it's it's it is absurd, but the guy really went all out. He went like statistical analysis, and you know if the, if you're giving a gift to your second cousin once for move, the economic value of that is compared to what they actually think is like. 17 cents on the dollar you've destroyed value yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you're actually you're actually wiping out wealth when you do that you know so. awesome. actually awesome. one of the funniest shows too probably that that would be in there too it's the funniest hey ed we uh we, we did a little bit of homework here and i need to call out greg and some other people in your life that you might work out and um greg in particular he he wanted me to raise with you that uh you know musical theater has been a huge part of your life obviously we, we hear about that regularly and yet you've still been successful um oh, actually sorry no i misread no, i misread that sorry um no no so give us that link give us the give us an idea for the non-musical theatre converters. Uh, what what is the one that we should be going for? What what is it that we should be looking at that uh, that should have a significant influence on us? Uh, so from so from musical theatre. So like what? Yeah, yeah. For rookie rookie looking to get into it, where do we start? Um, how do we understand? How you understand it? Okay, so so and and I think this 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 is actually something that Ron and I both agree on, and I'm sure we've said this multiple times on the show, especially with regard to books, and I think it's also true of theater. Is is that you know you read nonfiction to to learn knowledge, but if you really want to understand wisdom, you have to go to to fiction. Yeah. Uh, and, Right. And, and I think to a certain extent, what musical theater does is it, it allows you to go to that place. And the, 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 the details that are involved in a musical production are, are just absolutely incredible. I mean, the, the, yes, that, that does take place in a regular th show. But once you introduce music into it and you've got musicians, uh, as well as the blocking, as well as all of the stuff that has to take place in the tech and the, the, everything that has to come together in a relatively short period of time. It, it's, it, it is just incredible. And it is amazing that any show ever gets put on at all. Yeah. And, oh. and that, and that's, that's really the, the, the learning for me is that it, 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 it can be done. It can be done. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, and Ron from the archives for you, uh, is it true 
that in grade six, you write a fan letter to Goodyear. If it is true, what exactly did the Goodyear's letter say? And on top of that, if you owned a 1985 Buick Grand National, what exactly did you do to it to make it go even faster? Holy crap, you, you dug somewhere for that. <laughs> it was an 87 Grand National, and I, put a, I, I took out all the uh, California smog requirement, put a chip in it, and that speeded it up dramatically. Uh, I did write a letter to the Goodyear company in sixth grade, and they sent me a Goodyear uh, blimp photo, yeah, a, a PR packet, but in there was a coupon for a free ride. And I never was able awesome. to get that free ride on that blimp because they, of course, they were docked down in Los Angeles and they came up to Northern California very few times. Um, so I wasn't just wasn't able to do it. But yeah, kind of been a blimp Zeppelin dirigible fan, um, probably starting in the sixth grade. So maybe you got that from my dad. That, that's How good is that? That's yeah, good. I love it. Well, we didn't know about it. We've got we're less than three minutes left in our 300th episode. Uh, Ed and then Ron, where are we going next? Where are the next 300 episodes going to take us? What's, what are you curious, curious about? What can we expect to hear? Well, I would say a third of them are going to be on guests. A third of them are going to be on <laughs> subscription. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, a thir- and a third of them, I, and I hope that this is true. I hope that, that another third of them are topical. And what we continue to do is, is bring insight from other other places to the business world so i and 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 today's show has been helpful in that i think that's something i actually learned today matthew is from your your line of questioning that i think that we 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 can and should continue to do that i think that that's is is helpful and people need it ron you've got a minute yeah i'd say the same thing about a third still with guests authors that we really want to get on ed and i have a list is really long for authors we'd still love to chat with Uh, also i just love taking the topic and diving deep as long as we don't do too many more on project management and we're we're gonna we're gonna pound the subscription because i do i'm absolutely convinced it's the future and if um and and i think that's going to be a hard sell i just did an aicpa town hall yesterday with 3,000 participants. And based on the questions I got from my comments on subscription, we have a long way to go. Awesome, awesome. Well, on behalf of every single listener, Ron and Ed, thank you. The value you give, the, the investment you make, it is unbelievable. We are all grateful. We are looking forward to, by my calculations, the next 50,100 hours. That's the next six or so years of the Solve Enterprise. Thank you for being guests on your very own show today. Fantastic effort. And uh, I should ask, what have we got coming up next week? Well, next week we have decided that what we're going to do is talk about our thoughts on COVID and the economy. Awesome. Ron and Ed, thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Let's uh, let's close out with. Do we get the theme music now, Ed? Is See you in totally a six, 167 oh, yeah. hours. See you in 167 hours. <laughs> <laughs> This has been the Soul of Enterprise. Thank you to Sage. Join us again, well not me, but join the main people, Ron and Ed, in 167 hours for the next episode of the Soul of Enterprise. Before then, stay well and keep listening.